Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Holler, Voices of West Virginia Women, a podcast series created to elevate and celebrate women in the beautiful mountain state. I'm Hillary Kinney, host and producer of the show, and I just wanted to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. A few weeks ago, Tim Ward of the West Virginia ACLU contacted me and shared with me some stories about the lives of some very special women currently living in West Virginia. One story I'm going to share with you this week and the second next week. So make sure you're tuning in to both this week's episode and next week's. This week, you will hear from Jackie Lozano, who currently lives in Charleston, West Virginia. Jackie was brought to the United States when she was a sick baby by her mother. She grew up in North Carolina and now calls Charleston, West Virginia home. But Jackie actually didn't know that she wasn't a United States citizen until she was working with her guidance counselor in high school to look at opportunities for college and for financial aid. Imagine living your entire life saying the Pledge of Allegiance, living as if you are American, to have those dreams and opportunities taken out from underneath you. I really appreciate Jackie's time and her sitting down and opening up to me about something so personal, about being a dreamer and how DACA and the DREAM Act have helped her to work and to start a family in the United States, and just how badly she needs legislation to pull through so that she can stay in the United States with her son and her fiancé in the country, the only country that she has known for her entire life. I hope that you all appreciate Jackie's time and how willing she is to open up about her story. And please, I'm always open to feedback, and I'm sure that Jackie would love to hear words of encouragement and support. Thank you so much. And here is Jackie Lozano. Hey, everyone. This is Hillary Kinney, host and producer of Holler Podcast. I'm here today in Charleston with Jackie Lozano. Jackie, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Tim Ward <laughs> with the ACLU. He contacted me a couple weeks ago. I think it was before the holidays. Um, and he recommended Jackie as the perfect guest for the show. And I'm so excited to talk to her about... Um, basically her life. So Jackie, thanks so much. Um, you were telling me earlier before the show that you're an open book. So I'm sure everyone is so excited to learn about your life. Um, and if you want to, we were actually just talking about how you came to the United States. Um, so if you want to start off by just talking about that entire happening in your childhood, that would okay. be awesome to share with okay. our listeners. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, I feel so flattered that Tim, you know, <laughs> said I was perfect for this. Well, you have a great story. I think that everyone's going to really be interested. Yeah, I hope so. But um, I came to the U.S. as a, you know, as a little kid. And just to clear something up, like, yes, I'm an immigrant because I don't want people to think, oh, is she an immigrant or not, you know? But yes, I am considered an immigrant. Um, I was a very sick baby when I was little. And um, in my country of origin... You know, um, it's very expensive to buy, like, health care and medicine and all this, you know, all this stuff you need for basic, you know, survival if you're sick. So um, my mother, she did pretty much anything. She did everything that any mother would do. You know what I mean? She came to the States looking um, for more funds or money to send back. Like, her plan wasn't to bring me over. Um, but then she saw that it was 
you know, like, what kind, what mother would want to stay away from her child? Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So my mom um, decided to bring me over, and she also saw that there were more benefits into this country. Like, I could get a better education, and I could get better health care, you know, and there, it was just more sanitary here. So she brought me over um, with her, like, later on. She paid someone to bring me over. Not really sure how that went about, but I got here when I was two. And um, I've been in the United States ever since, never left the country. Um, you know, like... Uh, you lived in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Before so you moved to West Virginia. I lived in North Carolina before I moved to West Virginia for about 19, 20 years. Then I've been in West Virginia for two, and I think I'm just going to stay here for a long time. I might even get a house here and settle. Yeah. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see where life takes us. But... Um, yeah, you know, that's just basically how I got here. But the way I found out that I wasn't, that I was considered an immigrant, um, I was in high school when I found out. Like, I had no idea that I wasn't born here because I don't remember anything from right. Mexico. No like, I was two when I got here, you know? So um, I was in high school and I was looking into the FAFSA. You know, I was in ninth grade and. I was looking into colleges, you know, they start college prep kind of early in your high school career, and I was just very like, yeah, you know, I'm going to college, you know, I'm getting straight A's, you know, I'm a great student, going to college, I actually wanted to graduate early, that's why I was looking at colleges so early. So early, yeah. Yeah. In the ninth grade, I was not looking at colleges. Yeah, I was um, planning on graduating early, and I don't even think I mentioned that before, now that I recall, (laughs) but yeah, I was planning on graduating early. But um, in the ninth grade, you know, that's when I started looking at FAFSA and stuff. So I went to see my counselor, and she was like, hey, I need a social for you. Like, I don't have one on file. Would you mind going home and asking for it? And I said, okay. You know, like, well, let me go home and ask my mom. So I went home, and I asked my mom for it, and she handed me a tax ID. And I was like, this isn't a social security, mom. I need my social security number. And she was like... You know, she kind of just had, like, this look on her face, like, oh, snap, you know, like, you know, like, this, this, like, not scared look, but kind of, like, a sad look on her face, and I thought, like, well, maybe she lost it, or, you know, maybe something happened, and, you know, whatever, we can't find it, so I was like, well, what's going on, and she was like, come here, sit down, so she sat me down, and she was like, honey, you know, you're not from here, like, you don't have a social, so I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you know, you're not from here. You don't have a social. You don't have, you don't have papers. Like you don't have any kind of like nothing. You know, like you. How did that feel? Oh my gosh. Okay, talk about identity crisis. Right. You know. I mean, I'm like my heart is sinking. Like hearing about this. Like oh my god. Imagine like a teenager. You know what I mean? Like I still don't know who I like. Teenagers yeah, already struggle. struggle. You know with- what I mean? So I was like, oh snap, like. It was, like, the worst thing that could happen to a person, like, you, because you had, like, all these plans and all these dreams and, you know, like, all these plans onto what you're going to do with your future as, like, a young child, that hearing someone saying that, you know, well, you don't have, you can't even dream that because you don't have an opportunity, you're not even going to be given an opportunity because you're not from here. You don't have a paper. You don't have that says a piece of paper here. that says I'm even from here. Even though you don't remember any place else. No. So um, I was like, well, that stinks because I was so, like, I was so, like, such, I was, like, trying, I was the best person that I could possibly be. You know, I still, I still am. But um, in high school, like, growing up, like, I would always get straight A's. I would never skip school. I was so, like, 
into like the right thing and I was like you know doing community things like I was with the Habitat for Humanity people and I would go and help people build houses and stuff like that you know what I mean and um, I was just so into my community and everything and I was like well I'm doing all these things you know and I'm not trying to get anything from it but it would look really good on my resume and stuff you know for when I do go to college you know like right. colleges would look at that me was all a part of your yeah, so it was Plan. like, I'm working so hard. I'm trying to be the best person I can be, and people won't even give me a chance. You know what I mean? Were you angry? I wasn't angry. It was more like, I was scared. It was more like a fear. than I, Like, yes, I was upset, but um, I guess I could understand why my mom did it. You know, like, she did it for 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 me. You know, she did it for so I could at least get something, you know, like, be in better living conditions and be healthy, you know, so I could live. Um, even if, you know, the life wasn't as promising as I would have liked it to be, you know, like, it was it was still a better life than what it would have been in Mexico. Did it, that so. affect your relationship with your parents at all? Or did you no. understand? Um, well, my you? dad wasn't in my life like that. So okay. it was just me and my mom. But um, no, it didn't. Like, um, if anything, I learned to appreciate my mom more because... I didn't know that I was a sick baby and I didn't know like why, like, you know, so when she explained to me, you know, like I, there is the reason why I brought you over and this is the reason why you're here. And, you know, like I wanted you to be okay. Like I appreciate my mom even more because in my mind I would think like, like, could you like being a single mom, could you imagine like just leaving your family behind, going to a totally different place where you don't know their language, you don't know their customs, you don't know where you're going to live, you don't know how you'll find work, you don't know if you're going to eat, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can't, I can't. Could you imagine? So I was like, when my mom first told me this, like, I was very upset. And I, and you know, I had to take two, you know, and recollect myself. But then as I was thinking, like, but why would my mom do this? And, like, every time that I would think that, I'm like, well, she did it so I could live. But And then I started thinking, like, everything my mom might have gone through. You know what I mean? Like, where did she live when she got here? Like, who did she? She didn't know no one here. So I was like, what did she do? What Did, did she have food to eat? You know, did, like, that, it, to me, was, like, the biggest sacrifice that anyone could make for me. Absolutely. What did you do when you, when you realized that, um your future plans might not pan out as expected. How, um, was that something that you were comfortable talking about with your friends? I'm sure you surrounded yourself, yourself with people who were equally as high achieving as you were in school or driven (laughs) or driven at least. So once I found out and I came back and I told my guidance counselor first because, um, I had to tell her, you know, like, dude, I can't get. Don't have a social. Yeah, I don't have a social. So, so what are we gonna what do? Can I do? Yeah. Yeah. So my guidance counselor, she like, in other words, she she basically just said, you know, um, there's nothing we can do. S- stop trying. You know, like there's nothing we can do. There's no point. You know, because like, she asked me, do you have money to pay for college, like out of your pocket? And I was like, no. <laughs> My mom's a single mom of three. Like, I don't have money, you know? And then I was like, I'm not working. I can't even get a job without a social. You know, how am I going to pay for college? She was like, um, there's nothing we can do. You know, she was How just, does that feel? I was like, well, shit, you know? Like, 
like you know like yeah. what the you know i was so angry because i was like dude what am i going to do and i would see how hard my mom worked because like and i never and i just thought that my mom couldn't get like a better job or she because she was comfortable where she was doing or i never questioned like her legal status but then everything made started making sense once i found all this out and i started talking to my guidance counselor and yeah, like, it's so hard. Working as an immigrant is so hard. My mom would work three three jobs um, during the week, and she would work cleaning houses, um, gas station, at a gas station, and um, doing laundry and stuff like that. So I was like, I would never see my mom very, and I was like, well, is that going to be my, my life now? Like, is that what I'm going to have to do? Because a good paying job with like benefits and all this like I won't be able to get that because of my legal status so like I'm going to have to do what my mom is doing you know so once that happened I stopped I didn't stop going to school but um I started skipping school and I just I had like all of my like my driven mentality like I lost it that was it so I would just stay home and um I would I wouldn't tell my mom that I was skipping school. Like I would just hide from her in my closet. Like I had a little bit of a walk-in closet and I would just sleep in there. And I started skipping school. And then I failed three classes freshman year. So um then DACA came out and I was like, Oh wait. Okay. You're like, hold up. <laughs> like, hold up. <laughs> I was like, so So uh, what 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 year was that? That, that uh, I think out? it was like twelve well, when they first started talking about it, because it, it was first talking about it when I was a freshman. So I don't know. I don't know. I, this is going to be my third time. This is my third time renewing. So I would say, like, six years ago. Okay. What, what's, what's the 2000, year? 2012. 2012, 2011, 2012. Yeah, because uh, when they first started talking about it, that's when I was like, okay, well, there's a chance. It's not something for real yet. So it gave but you hope. Yeah, it gave yeah. me a sense of hope. And I was like, well, just in case it does come out, like, I want to graduate high school. You know, I want to do good. And just in case it does come out, like, I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to be able to do something. I couldn't even take driver's ed. So I missed driver's ed freshman year. I had to take it senior year. But, um, yeah, like, it was just horrible. For those who don't know what DACA is, can you just explain it a little <clears throat> bit? Okay, so DACA actually stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Um, and ba- it's basically just like a permit that the government gives you. It doesn't give you like a legal status or anything, so you're not a resident or a citizen, or you don't have a green card either. It's just, it gives you like permission to be here, basically, like in a legal sense. So it allows you to get a work permit and a license and you know other things the one thing that you can't a lot of things you can't do is you can't get any kind of government help so like um what's that welfare Mm -hmm. you can't get welfare um what's the other one food stamps WIC, um amongst other things you you can't get federal federal help yeah no no federal aid nothing Yeah. yeah you can't get anything from them um but um, it's just like a, you know, it just, it allows you to actually have something. Like, you can have basic utilities in your name, like lights and water and sewer and stuff like that. Little so things, but just important little, things. Little, but necessary. Yeah. Things. So, because without that, I wouldn't be able to have any of that. Um, 
unless it was with somebody else's name or if I was if I had a boyfriend or something or a friend right. and live with someone that could but so obviously it was beneficial to you You've, yeah. Oh, yeah. It you've was, been working. You actually moved to West Virginia for yeah, your job. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> without DACA, like, I don't know, man. What, like, yeah. What do you think your life would be like without it? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, dude, you know what I mean? Like. It's hard to envision. It's hard because I'm thinking, like, how did my mom make it? You know, like, how did we do it? And then I was like, well, she had to, like like ask people to get stuff in their name and do you know like the levels of trust that that takes you know what i mean and not only that but it's like um they would they would charge her more so like if her water bill was like 20 a hundred dollars or something like that they would charge her 200 dollars i see why do you think your mom waited so so long to to tell me yeah I honestly, like, when I asked her, like, after I started doing this whole talk with everyone, like, you know, with the talks, I asked her, like, why did it take you so long to tell me? Like, do you mind if I ask you something? Like, why why didn't you tell me, like, sooner, you know? She was like, well, because I saw you were doing so good in school, and you were just, you know, doing so well, and I didn't want to take that from you, and she was like, um... You know, I just felt like there wasn't really a need, because I didn't know that you needed a social to further your education to you know like I knew about the job but she was like um I, I just didn't know that for college you needed you know like I didn't know it was so expensive you know like <laughs> she thought she could just pay it and I was like yeah. mom it's really expensive <laughs> and she was like it was more affordable that's another, yeah. <laughs> that's another issue for another podcast <laughs> but uh so she was and she just told me you know I didn't know like I didn't think there was a need for it I thought you would be okay and um and because she was she's been working on trying to get something for her done like a visa or something um herself during that time but it oh god it's just so hard and people are usually like well why don't you just go and apply and whatever dude it's all like getting a kroger card no <laughs> i wish it was like getting a kroger card oh my goodness no it's so hard like my mom's been waiting about 10 10 years since she started her process but um i have i like saw on on the internet the other day uh, this man waited 27 years to get his uh, citizenship approval what do you wish more people knew about either the process of becoming a citizen i just wish they would know about the process of becoming a citizen and like a lot of people are like yeah just go apply i'm like okay first of all it depends on where you're from it depends on, like, in some states, like, they have, like, different categories. So, like, you have to either have, like, a sponsor in the states or you have to be married to someone, which is the most common one, you know, that people do. They just marry a U.S. citizen and stuff like that. Um, you have to be married or you have to have, like, some kind of, like, I don't even know what else is there, but it's so hard. That and then the process, like, I don't know how the process even works, or, like, how they determine to approve you or not. But it's shitty because you have to wait so long. And then, on top of that, you have to get a lawyer. And then, they're expensive. That's a lot of money, you know? And a lot of immigrants that come to this country, they don't have money like that. You know? Like, they don't have money like that. Or if they're trying to come over, they don't. They're coming over to get money. 
to have a better life. To have a better life, but they can't afford it, you know? Right. So it's just shitty. But with the recent, I was just watching the news this morning and it said like President Trump trying to strike deals regarding immigration and they were talking about DACA and they were talking about Donald Trump wanting to compromise regarding DACA with making a deal to build the wall. Whatever. With all of this drama regarding immigration policy in in the United States, how does it feel to not really know the future of this program? It's honestly terrifying because now that I have a child of my own, it's terrifying because it's expensive to have a kid, first of all. You know, and yes, I have his father to help me and stuff. But like I said, it's very expensive to have a kid nowadays. And without my job, like, like we, it's going to be so hard. And I'm not only that, but I'm risking deportation because without DACA and once that's over or like being unsure if it's going to last or not, I will lose my license. I will lose everything like my job my license i will lose everything so like if i get stopped by a cop and he tells me you know where's jd i'm like and i tell him you know i don't have one but here's my mexican passport you know like he's gonna be like well do you have a state issued id no i do not they can easily just like arrest me and deport me like in that minute like without even doing anything you get what i'm saying and i could lose my child you know, like, I could lose my son. Like, I won't see him. Like, I will be in a totally different country that I know nothing about. And my child will be here without his mom. And yes, his dad and his family could probably help, but it's not the same, you know, not having your mom around. And his dad will be a single dad. And those single parents out there, you know how hard it is to take care of a kid by yourself. So... I wouldn't want that for him, you know? So, it's just, it's just fear, really. Why do you think it's so hard for people who are against DACA to understand um, a dif- that different perspective? Okay. I, th- I don't think it's difficult for them to understand. I just don't think that they know. I just think it's basic lack of knowledge. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they know what they're against, you know? I feel like if they were to do a little bit of research and look into, like, what is DACA and what's required to have it, they would stop calling us criminals and that we're, like... On paper, you might not be considered American, but you're American. Yeah. If <laughs> you consider yourself that. Oh yeah, I do definitely. Like, I've contributed to this country <laughs> so much. You know what I mean? And not only that, like, we have to be on our best behavior. Like, we have to be like examples, pretty much, to show, like, you know, this this is what we this is what we need to do to maybe have them give us some citizenship or something. Like, you know, like. We can't have certain, like, we can't have felonies, misdemeanors. Like, they will decline your, um, your, uh, like, your application. They will, like, they will not give you DACA. And, or you won't be able to renew it. 
So, like, let's say that throughout this time, you know, I go and I do something I'm not supposed to do and I get charged or something, like a felony or misdemeanor. They, I, like, if I try to renew again, they will decline my DACA. So, um, unless I get a really expensive lawyer that I cannot afford to try to, like, get them to do it. But it's really hard. So, um, like, I don't know. That didn't, I just think it's a basic lack of knowledge. And that's why they, they can't um, understand the, the side, the, the side of what it is to have DACA and the DACA recipients. Just think it's basic lack of knowledge. Have you had, um, obviously on this show, I talk a lot about our political climate. Have you had any experiences? Um, West Virginia is known to be a very conservative red state. Have you had ever had any negative experiences politically living as an immigrant here in West Virginia? Okay. So when people first look at me up here, they don't think I'm an immigrant. They either think I'm, like, from California or not Filipino, uh, Hawaiian. You know, like, they don't think – they don't look at me as an immigrant, and I'm guessing it's my accent. They don't hear one. so And they don't see me as as such. You get what I'm saying? Which I think is kind of weird because I'm like, well – I am Hispanic, you know, (laughs) but whatever. So um, I've had a few um, instances where, like, when our president first got elected, um, I had, uh, like, a few families, and it was, like, like, groups of families with kids, their kids and everything, and they would stop by the store, because I work at the mall. They would stop by, and they would be like, well, what are you going to do now? You know, kind of, like, mocking, like, so where are you going to go? What are you going to do now? Gonna you know, continue to live in the country I've lived in my entire <laughs> yeah. life, pretty much. But it was. I but think, thanks for asking. Yeah, but I think it wasn't more of a, the people that are um, anti-immigration. I just think those were more of the a, a racist kind of thing because they just saw the color of my skin. You know, they didn't see. They didn't. They knew I wasn't. I wasn't white. white. So I think it was more of a racial thing than it was of. Uh, immigration like of a legal status thing um because if i would have told them well i'm a u.s citizen then they would be like oh okay well go back to where you came from like they wouldn't have cared you know what i mean um so i think it was more of a racial thing i don't think it was a, a legal status kind of thing but that was just once and then one time out here stupid ladies i hate my neighbors <laughs> very politically charged time okay it's quite all right i guess i can understand like i try to keep an open mind and understand like you know but i don't under like the one thing i can't stand personally on a political level like i will understand your point of view your political point of view and your beliefs as long as you have something to like Support. support it but if you're just going off of like stupidity and like what everyone else is saying like I don't respect that at all you know and yeah like I won't say anything to you I'll just tell you I don't agree with you and I'll move on you know but I don't know people (laughs) people are crazy (laughs) but I don't think it's just this state I think it's every state it's I I think it's every state yeah it's everywhere it's everywhere it's not just here and Otherwise, this wouldn't be a battle if it was just West Virginia. No. It's a a big problem. No. No. This is the whole country, so it's not just West Virginia. What do you hope for your son in the future? I hope 
for him, like, to him, for him to have the best. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that hopefully <laughs> if we get something done with this Daki situation, um, I hope that he, when he grows up and he sees, like, dude, my mom, like, she really tried something. She did something, did. you know, as my mom did, you know, like, I really hope that he understands and values, like, like what we do for each other, you know? And I want him to understand and keep an open mind and just accept everyone because everyone's different. But I want him to have an open mind and be respectful. You know what I mean? Just be respectful. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, where you're from, where you've been, like just basic respect for humanity. You know, even though we're not all the best people, like there's not one perfect person in this whole world. You know, um, but I just still want him to have some kind of respect for humanity. Yeah. What can people who want to support DACA do? Is there, are there resources or ways that people can learn more about DACA or ways that people can get involved in supporting? Oh, yeah. If you guys go to, like, the UCIS, USCIS page, they um, will have everything on DACA there. They'll have, like, the requirements and what it is and what you need to do to get it. Um, and it's very simple requirements. You have to have certain things, just a few, but very specific requirements. Just learn a little bit more about it. Um, now, if you guys actually want to go ahead and help and, you know, support us and let us know that, you know, that you're, you know, pro with us. And when you realize that, you know, we're not taking anything from you and we haven't done anything wrong and we're not criminals and we're not, we're not bad people. We're actually the people that you would want in your country. You get what I'm saying? Um once you like realize like how much we put into our economy and how much we can help you if you guys um, are employers and stuff like that like you everyone will benefit like it's no win lose it's like a win win so just like show us your support by like talking to your elected officials um just calling their offices you know like I'm sure you can find their numbers online somewhere or um you could message them or you know. A quick email like saying you know what I'm pro DACA literally that's it um or just hashtag them on Twitter or something you know like I don't know just simple small things ways like that small ways support. I mean you guys spend like 30 hours on Twitter 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 yeah. <laughs> Twitter anyways so it's like that is all right definitely well is there anything that you would like to add uh, no I don't think so I think I've said it all Follow me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can we friend you on Facebook? <laughs> friend me on Facebook. Awesome. <laughs> well, Jackie, thank you so much for telling us your story and probably giving some of our listeners like a new perspective of immigration and, and the experiences of the dreamers out there yeah. here in the U.S. Believe it or not, there's a few of us in West Virginia. So, And West Virginia needs that kind of economy right now. So we're struggling, guys. We really are struggling. In we West need Virginia. all of the help we can get. Yeah, all the man force. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs>